0: In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Please be seated. I was on Interstate 30 yesterday, coming back from Texarkana. And as I was coming back, I drove by a semi that had a wide load on the sign on the back of it. Coming alongside of this, I could see that this flatbed semi was carrying a very large planter from the John Deere Company. Huge thing that gets towed behind the tractor out on the field. I don't know what this thing is called, but you could tell that it was meant to plant seeds. On the back were all of these nice little orderly yellow bins hanging off the back, and right above the, or right below these bins were little plows, and you could tell that this is where the farmer would go out and plow the field with the discs, and the seeds would get nicely dropped in between the blades, probably at exact measurements all along the field. Huge piece of machinery to drop such a little thing. Growing up in Indiana, I saw this all the time. I mean, that's basically all you see in Indiana. Might as well be called the corn state. All you see are rows upon rows of corn, And soybeans, nice, neatly organized for acres upon acre upon acre. It's interesting to see how precise it all can be in the farming community today. When my family first moved into our first house in South Carolina, we wanted to plant a garden. Those of you who have been to South Carolina know it has the best soil ever for growing crops. That's a joke. It's the red clay soil. My father-in-law brought over his tiller, his huge tiller from Tennessee. He went in the back to begin tilling a garden for us. And after about two or three swipes, he came in and said, I think you need to use raised beds. Jesus uses a very simple analogy for us today with this reading of the parable. Seed, and as we heard even in Isaiah, and rain, they fall down. They are planted, they are soaked into the soil, plants grow and produce fruit. Duh, we get this, right? Most of us do. Simple enough. But with the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus, it's never that simple. On Jesus' farm seeds are not sowed with nice john deere pieces of equipment the seeds are not nice and neatly in exact rows being exactly so far apart from each other on jesus's farm he throws out the packaging of the seeds which tells you exactly how far apart the seeds should be from each other whether it needs to be sun or partial sun, shade, moist soil, semi-dry soil, Jesus says, ah, forget it. Jesus just goes out with a big old bag of seed and he starts throwing it everywhere he goes. If he's in the backyard with all of the clay soil, seed is getting dumped everywhere. If he's at the Walmart parking lot, Seed gets thrown everywhere. If he's on the rocky trail leading up to Mount Pinnacle, you got it. Seeds are getting dumped everywhere. And we might look at this and say, what a waste. I actually kind of think it'd be nice to try since I'm such a terrible gardener. But this shows the condition of the world 75% of the soils fail. Only 25% actually receive this in a good manner. The truth of the matter is is that this parable is not about you today and how you need to go out and sow the seed more and try to expand the kingdom of God. Because if you were to do that, we would ultimately fail. We have a hard enough time receiving this word ourselves in our rocky, thorny hearts. leads us to ask some simple questions. Who's in charge of this parable? Is it the soil? Is it the seed? Is it the one sowing the seed? Jesus actually explains this one to us today, and I'm not so sure that it is totally comforting. In fact, it can be downright enraging because all we really need to know is that the sower sows the seed wildly and extravagantly, and he's not concerned about waste. He's not wondering if the seed will make it through the winter while staring, maybe and seeing that the seed has barely enough in it for the spring crops. He is throwing this everywhere. He who has ears to hear will hear, he says. There's really nothing you can do about this. And you might want to sit him down with a nice shiny seed mechanism on the back of a flatbed truck and let him know that he just can't be doing this, that he needs to think strategically and economically about these things. An actual farmer using Jesus' methods today would run out of business quickly. And yet, just like last Sunday, today you hear again that this is how the kingdom of God works, not your kingdom or mine. The farmer throws the seed everywhere he goes. It falls where it falls and that's how it goes. Some falls on the pavement, some falls on the good soil. Some is eaten quickly up by birds and some grows up, but it's choked out by the weeds. Yet there is also some that does fall, take root, grows and actually produces fruit. You ever had that one tomato plant or other plant that grows in the crack of your driveway and you say, I don't understand how this thing keeps doing this. Yes, with God, thing, God, all things are possible. This is a lesson for us today in the church. Despite our nice, neatly rowed pews, despite our systematic approach for our theology, Despite our constitution and bylaws and meetings and committees and leaders and servants and all the various activities, the seed is still being cast far and wide and with reckless abandon. That lesson should be very clear for us today. Church isn't always nice, neat, and organized, and it's not always clearly laid out in documents and systems and committees. Sure, you are sitting in your usual pew in nice, neat rows, but many of us here today are completely inundated with sin and temptation and evil and big problems and worries that we can't get ourselves out of. The last thing that you need to hear from me today is to try to be the good soil or even try to go out and sow the seed more in your life twist your thinking turn it around and let your eyes fixate on jesus who is the one doing the work here jesus does the verbs say that with me jesus does the verbs keep saying that the seed the word of God is sometimes completely rejected and sometimes it finds good soil. It grows a bit, but then it becomes choked out and distracted by the riches and cares of this world. I don't know anybody that's been distracted by the riches and cares of the world lately, do you? Yeah. We are surrounded by these thorns. Maybe the difficulty here is thinking that we're all just the good soil. Now we're here after all. But do you know how you get good soil? Right before that seed is dropped off that John Deere machine, it's tilled up by very sharp tilling blades, whatever they call them, I don't know. Good soil is broken up. It is crushed up it is destroyed in order for there to be good fruit, a good planting. This is how Jesus does his work. He calls us to repentance. He breaks up all of our sinful thoughts, words, and deeds that we have not only done against God, but against each other. He tells us to stop worrying and be inundated by the riches and cares of this world. He says, never think that you are above any of the temptations. Be on guard against the devil. In fact, you've even sworn that in your own confirmation. You remember that? Not really, Pastor. That was a few years ago. But you rejected the devil, his works, and all his ways. We've asked you that at your baptism and at your confirmation. Jesus is telling us today this is real stuff. 75% of the soils fail. And yet, nonetheless, he is still sowing his seed with reckless abandon. This is the same reason why we have our confirmation vows and our marriage vows and all the other vows in between, because we know that there will be sickness, there will be poverty, And sometimes you need to be reminded that at times you have made pledges and vows not only to your husband and your wife but also to your church against Satan and all his works and all his ways. You need to be reminded that you have died with Christ and are raised with Christ and you will receive the resurrection on the last day. You will indeed be called to resist Satan and you won't always see it coming. He simply says to be on guard. You think that you are immune to temptation? You're not, and neither am I. I have seen many people fall who have assumed that they were good enough and didn't need the word any longer. How many are there who have explicitly given in the temptation that it is enough to rob them of the life that it is given them by Jesus Christ, the one who has sown life into the word of into your heart many think that this is such a dead religion it's not beneficial it's not something that really applies to us today and Jesus says be careful and be on guard the devil prowls around you like a roaring lion seeking to devour you if this is your 10,000th time coming to church If this is your second time coming to church, if you've fallen off of the face of this place or if you've held on for every little last inch of this, it doesn't matter. None of us should be here today judging you by where you are and what you've done and where you've come from. We should rejoice that he's sowing the seed even amongst you. Even though the devil tries to give us any sort of excuse to feel good about ourselves, we are our own worst enemy. And yet, nonetheless, he is here today to plant his seed amongst you, just like a falling rain shower. The question is, do we sit there sheltering ourselves from it, Or do we freely let his word have his way with us? I'm not going to give you eight steps to make this happen better or be more effective. I'm simply going to tell you that each and every day, it's a struggle, I know. But nonetheless, he will never stop sowing his seed amongst you. Pastors and churches over the last, two and a half now years have gotten used to the idea of becoming internet sensations streaming their services and sermons prior to 2020 it was a luxury to have your service streamlined and most churches would simply post an audio clip of the sermon for somebody to try to find on the church's website The strange thing about the last two years is is that the preaching of the Word of God has become more broadcast around the globe than I think ever it has before. You may like it, you may not. There might be those at home who are used to sitting in their fuzzy pajamas with their bagel and coffee, streamlining whatever church they like to watch throughout the world, There are those who have done it here, and then rightly so, and there are those who have come back to this place. But what's to become of this all in the long run? What's the fruit that we're seeing from something like in-person worship and streamed worship? Will these seeds be planted and will they grow? Will they bear fruit? Let's see the results. Let's see how many people are clicking on. Or will this all be ignored? There is nothing new under the sun. We know that the Bible is still the greatest sold book of all time. Sales actually have picked up more so in the last two years. But will these seeds take root and grow? There are those who will not come back to this place because they're upset about something and they do not feel comfortable. Maybe they're just having a hard time getting back into the routine of things. I don't know. What is the church to do? What does the sower of the seed say about this? He doesn't say form another committee. He doesn't say form another program. He doesn't say offer a different time or a different place or a different way. I don't know really what he has to say and neither do you. And that's okay. You are not given to the inner mechanics of how salvation works. Only the Lord does the work. Jesus does the verbs. Jesus does the verbs. Last week we heard that the first are last and the last are first. Everyone who has been called is rewarded equally. And now today we hear the glorious comfort. I love this passage because the seed is sown everywhere. It's sent out abroad, broadcast throughout all creation by God, who will not give up, even when I have, and you have as well. He is relentless, and he simply doesn't seem to care about our theories of economics, long-range planning, ministry models, programs, and the catchy swag that we can give to people who are visiting our church. He wants you to know today that he has conquered sin and death, and everybody's going to know about it. He wants you to know today that no matter where you are at in life, your sins, every last one of them, are forgiven, blotted out as far as the east is from the west, and everyone is going to hear about it. He wants you to know that his son is raised from the dead. Christ is risen. Is indeed. And we will rejoice over that tomorrow as we bid farewell to our sister Betty who came here for so many years and received that same grace even when she couldn't comprehend who was sitting next to her. And Jesus will make sure that every person on this face of this earth will hear about this and not be ignorant. We are not in control of our own salvation, yet you are given the greatest gift of faith, hope, and life that grows and flourishes that will bring you so much more. And yes, I am worried just like you about those who have had what seemingly is the good soil, and yet and and rocks have been all around them. People who used to be here, your friends, your family, it may seem that they are being choked off by the cares of the world, and maybe they are, but the sower will not stop. He didn't yesterday, he didn't today, and he won't tomorrow. Jesus will never stop sending and sowing his word, and he finds his way even into the hardest of hearts and the rockiest of soil, taking root and doing what he will. After all, we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what does that mean for you? It's simple. At the end of the day, you get to sit and rest and receive his word coming into your ears and into your mouths, knowing that he will bear much fruit in you because today and every day you are being nurtured and cared for by the farmer, the Lord of hosts, who knows what he's doing even when we don't. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.